What's up, everybody? Welcome to UFC Roundup. That guy right there who's flexing is Michael Chiesa. I'm Paul Felder. I'm not flexing today. Um, and we got a lot to talk about. We got to get to UFC 281. But before we do that, we have extremely sad news in the MMA community. Um, we lost uh, Anthony Johnson. Rumble, uh, unfortunately, passed away. 38 years old. Um, this one hit home, Michael. I'm 38. Uh, I mean, way too, way too, way too early to lose somebody like that. Somebody that we all kind of have gotten to know over the years, loved either his fighting or his personality outside of the cage. He's, um, a huge teddy bear of a man when you see him, you know, he's, he's a savage when he was in the cage, but usually joking and, uh, having a good time when he was outside of there. Um, yeah, this this sucked when I saw this yesterday. We were in a tweet or in a, in a message group together and talking about this kind of stuff and just sad news. Yeah, you know, um, I guess my opening statement I want to say, and I know I'm not supposed to use profanities as this is going on Twitter, but um, fuck cancer. Um, you know, this is uh, he he had non-Hodgkin's lymphoma was having a lot of complications and, and for it to, you know, Anthony is a guy, you know, tremendous power, just this, just a, a pillar of strength and, you know, brutal fighter inside the octagon and so gracious outside of the octagon, um, just had a great relationship with everybody around him. Like you said, just a big teddy bear. And it's a big loss for the MMA community. And, and um, you know, you know how, you know how you and I feel about Paul uh, cancer, Paul, it's a, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's a tragedy, but, um, may he rest in power and our thoughts and prayers go out to his family, his teammates and everybody affected by this tragic loss. Yeah. I mean, he kept it pretty under wraps. I mean, we knew he was going through some medical, uh, complications and, and, you know, he would post things here and there, but he never really wanted to bog everybody down with what he was going through. And we see this time and time again from these, these, uh, you know, just strong individuals, right. Who don't want to have that be what everybody is thinking about them. They don't want their lasting memory to be we're thinking about them being weak or being in pain or anything like that. So, uh, yeah, um, RIP, Rumble. Uh, and uh, I think this is just a wake-up call for all of us, especially in today's age with how rampant this is, right? They go get checked out. If something seems to be bothering you or you think somebody around you, uh, something's bothering them or they don't seem right, say it. Don't be afraid to be concerned about your health or somebody else's health before it's too late. Um, Cause we've all lost people like this. That's just gone way, way, way too, too young in their lives. Um, yeah. So that just really unfortunate news to lose another awesome member of the MMA community rest in peace and uh, our condolences to his entire family. We've got to get to 281 though on, on a um, insane brighter side of the sport. This pay-per-view yeah. delivered, man. Holy crap. <laughs> I was in the house. Me and Anthony Smith hung out pretty much the whole night. We were working the desk together, right? So instead of hanging up in the, uh, you know, our suite area there at, at the garden, we wanted to be down on the floor the entire time. So I got to experience everything. Of course, unfortunately, except for the main event, which we got to oh, start with. We didn't get to gosh. experience that because we got to, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. We got to be ready to work for the post show right away. But, bro. An amazing back and forth battle. We got to see everything that you can see in an MMA fight. These guys wrestled, Michael. They wrestled, yeah. grappled. There was ground and pound. There was ferocious kickboxing. This delivered on all fronts as far as a main event is concerned. Oh, man. Well, fights at the Garden are special, man. There's always, there's so many special moments that have happened there, whether you go back to Conor McGregor versus Eddie Alvarez, whether it's GSP versus Michael Bisping um you know the list goes on and on and, and this was just you, you just this moment to me it, it's up there in the top two i mean aside wow. from connor knocking out eddie uh you know this was such a back and forth fight we saw a full display of mixed martial arts from two guys that are that are you know one of them's purely a kickboxer from what we knew headed into this fight and then for izzy we've all known that he's a well-rounded fighter we know who his coaches are we know kind of how his program is. You know, he's got, you know, the Hickman brothers for wrestling. Eugene Behrman is MMA coach. Um, but just such a, uh, you know, just when Izzy's trying to get a takedown, I think it was round two. He's really struggling to kind of get a takedown. Then Pajeda at the end of round two is like, oh, yeah, check this out. Boom. Yep. Drops yeah, down from like two. a 
You made shades of Glover to share in that double leg, man. Um, just such a good back and forth fight, man. But I just, it was so hard. It, you know, I'd be on at the TV. I'm, I'm a little bit biased, man. I'm a, I'm a big Izzy fan. And I'm just screaming, get off the fence. And, mm-hmm. and it, it made it hard for, for Izzy to do that because Pereira would just take one long. He, he's so long, he'd take one step. He'd cut you off to the left. He'd cut you off to the right. It really just kind of, he had his moments when he could corral Izzy against the fence. I just feel like every time he touched Israel, every time he touched Izzy with a punch, it didn't even have to be hard. Even just those little jabs. You could see him, man. Izzy had a very wide-eyed stare. He could feel the power with every little strike that he had to absorb. And when you're a guy like Izzy and you like to counter-strike, you kind of have to take a couple shots. You kind of got to take a couple jabs from somebody so you can get their distance right to get that perfect pull counter, which he did end up getting off a few times in that fight. Dropped him in the, in, uh, the first round using that pull. Hurt him that bad. Timing too. Beautiful stuff. But, man, the power. Just the power of Pajeda, man. It, Pereira, sorry. However we're saying it. Uh, hey, it, it was. It hopefully was John Anik tri- doesn't watch the podcast. <laughs> Shout out to Anik. Because yeah. that dude will get on us, and then it's a yeah. good thing. He keeps us, he keeps us, uh, he keeps us on our toes. He keeps us on point with the name pronunciations. Alex Pereira. 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 Alex Pereira. Alex. Yeah. Just call him Alex, baby. It's a, it's there a sexy go. name. Alex. Like it's not Alex. Yeah. It's Alex. Sexy Lexi. <laughs> <laughs> but man, I, I, Israel did such a good job. He had those moments. It looked like. Pareda was going to be able to corral him, like you're talking about, on the fence. Had him there a few times, but for most of the fight, Izzy was able to use his uh, elusive footwork and movement to get out of there. And when he didn't use his footwork, he would bait him in and counter the end of round one. If there was five or seconds, oh, one man. more shot, and Izzy is and still in the first round. But that is not what happened, and that is not how fights work. There was time limits. The round ended. He recovered in between rounds, and then the second round came out, I think is a round that we agree he won that round. But I, I think it was three to one pretty mm-hmm. easily in favor of the champion. And you, you just have a mental lapse for a second in this sport. It, we saw it with Kamaru Usman against Leon Edwards. You're dominating the fight. You're doing really well. But these guys are so damn good now, Michael, so damn dangerous. That we're, I think we're going to see this more and more now because challengers are going to know, listen, as long as there are seconds on the clock, you have got a chance to become what you've always dreamed of becoming and becoming a champion. And I think guys are going to be more confident going into, into these fifth rounds to leave it out there. But Pareda is a different monster. I mean, the power never left him. The conditioning seemed to be on point. We talked a lot about how the conditioning in the fifth, the fourth and fifth rounds were going to strongly favor Israel, but since there was so much, there was some grappling involved. I think everybody's gas tank was pretty evenly matched there. Whereas maybe if they didn't have any of those wrestling exchanges, they might have been a little fresher. But hats off to Alex for just, I mean, listening to his corner, going out there, motivated like a mofo, and getting the finish. Now, before we move on, what did you think of the finish? Did you think it was fair? Let's be honest. Did you did you think it was fair, or did you think you could have given Israel? Not that it would have mattered. But do you think you could have given him a few more chances to to maybe rally? Um, this is a this is a this is an interesting Tricky. question, Paul. Because as a fighter, in 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 that being a title fight, it's like the champion should be able to go out on the shield, and that's the fighter in me talking. That's me, the fighter. Um, but then when I when I step out of that role and I start to think of the analyst, the observer, the fan, um. I think it was a good stoppage and you got to, I'm not going to name this official, um, but I was talking to an official one time and I was asking, asking him about that. Like, do you take into consideration when you are repping these fights, who these guys are and what they do? And he, he said, he, he tries his, he tries his best not to, but it's hard because you know who these fighters are. These guys follow the sport. And when you're a guy and keep in mind, this isn't the referee that was officiating that fight. Just want to get that out there. Um, but in that type of moment when Israel is on the ropes, essentially, and he's ducking and weaving and he's rocking, he's looking, look, could he have let him go longer? Yes. Would it have gotten any better? I don't think so because he's headed into knee territory. He's headed into where his head's going. You know, you know, Alex is looking to frame him up and start landing knees. And that's not even where you think about like getting KO'd. It's about like damage. Like that's, that's where you start to get like, broken orbitals that's when you start to really bad things can happen 
when you get into that gray area, if you let somebody kind of battle through that. Um, so, I, so I'm not, I can't say I'm torn. I think it was a good stoppage, but just me as a fighter, I'm still like, man, if you're a champion, you want to go out on your shield. You fought your whole life to get to that point. And when it comes to these champions in this fifth round, Paul, uh, it, it, very similar corner work between Leon and, and Alex. But I think that these guys that have fought so many five round fights, I think that just like subliminally, they get to the fifth round when they're way ahead. And there's just like a, a like a like a false sense of comfort, you know what I mean? Like it's like in the in the it, they're very similar fights. I mean, mm-hmm. Leon won a round against Kamaru, and then Kamaru took over three to one in this fight between Alex and Izzy, three to one for the champ. Very similar. These guys come out hot in round five. They get fired up. Their corner gets them going, and I th- I just think it's like it's it, it's fire and ice. The fire's coming out of the challenger's corner. And maybe the champ is just a little too ice cold because they've been in that in that five round territory so many times headed into the the into that fifth championship round. Yeah, it, it's it's so crazy that it happened twice like that. I mean, mm-hmm. the thing that happened twice to two different champions uh so close together, so re- yeah. recently. Um crazy wild and two champions that are very close to each other right that 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 are proud of their roots together being african descent and just nuts man in the fifth round for both these guys to but you know what they both get to rally back together as well which could make them both even stronger as champions and that's what we got to talk next what's next and and before we move on i i agree that i think the stoppage was was fair i i am in the same exact mindset is you where the fighter in me wants more but he got to have a post-fight press conference he got to tip his cap to the crowd before he left they're talking about adesanya mm-hmm. now you lost the fight but you still have your wherewithal to have thought about every moment that happened you got stopped you were not really defending yourself and it could have gotten really bad and you might have gone out and been knocked mm-hmm. out completely cold in which case you're not remembering anything you're not you're not already thinking about what's next. You're not thinking about rematch. Whereas now he's already saying all of these things. So mm-hmm. I think an immediate rematch. If yeah. Israel wants it, which is in this, this is another one of those weird cases in the same, same predicament for Kamar Usman, where you've been such a dominant champion that even though we have in and new with uh, Pereira, I still think Atasanya holds a lot of the cards, right? I think the UFC owes it to him to say, if you want this guy again, right away, then it's yours. And the same for Camaro and Leon. It's like, listen, you've ran that division for so damn long. You got caught. There's a new champion, but you are rightfully deserving of an immediate rematch. What are your thoughts? Well, I mean, if there is no other fight, I mean, if you look at the top six, Izzy's fought everybody. And some of these guys, he's fought twice. So it's like, what you go back and you're not going to drop all the way down the ladder. You know, you're going to stay within the top five and, and he's already lapped the top five, top six guys. So I think it's an immediate rematch. I think the only other fight, which would, it would take time. And is, you know how Izzy is with time. He's a guy that likes to fight timely. He doesn't like time between his fights. And because uh, of that stoppage, I think he can as well. Yeah, I think he like, can. You know, if maybe Darren Till could rattle off a couple wins, you yeah, know, I know that they kind of had yeah. a beef. There's kind of a storyline. It'd be a fun fight. Do I necessarily think that that's what's next for Izzy? Absolutely not. I just think like, what other matchups are there out there that would really get him going? I don't really think there's anybody that can get him going other than maybe Till because Till got under his skin. But I think you strike while the iron's hot, and I think you have to because um, – and I say this with all due respect. You know, I think that, that uh, Alex got the right matchups to get to the title. I think you put him in there with a Robert Whitaker. I don't know if he beats a Robert Whitaker, a guy that's well-rounded, that really – has an emphasis with the wrestling and the grappling and could put it all together. Um, you know, Izzy put it together well this last weekend, but a guy like Robert Whitaker, I think could, could definitely take the tell to take the title from Alex. So I think you do the immediate rematch. I think you do the immediate rematch. Yeah. And I think um, that's best case for Pareda too. Right. Yeah, I mean, this, sure. this, their storyline here, he was getting beaten. He was getting beaten. I mean, he had his moments, but he was getting beaten decisively by by Israel Adesanya. So now it's like, okay, well, you still have something to prove too. So he will also be very motivated to get that uh, immediate shot at him again. Now he's already up three to nothing, but again, there's still just the 
just a twinkle of doubt in people's minds because the first fight was controversial in kickboxing. A lot of people thought Israel Adesanya won that. The second, second fight, fight was Izzy was doing well and then did the same exact thing, finished him in yeah. the third round. Now he finishes him in the fifth round. I think for Alex Pareda, Pareda see, I'm even catching myself still. He gets to go out and maybe have a cleaner victory. Even if it's a decision, it doesn't matter as long as he's the one getting his hand raised at the end. And then for Adesanya, yeah, it's a no-brainer. You you want to get in there. You've got to figure out how to beat the boogeyman. You, you, Absolutely. There's yeah. nobody else out there, is he? You've beaten them all. Yeah. It's this one freaking guy that's your kryptonite. We all want to see that. We love a storyline like that. Superman and Superman versus Doomsday is what it is. Yeah, man. It's it really awesome. is. It's, it's crazy. Awesome. Maybe maybe uh, Izzy needs to stop doing the horror theme walkouts and start having something more, more positive, bro. Yeah, yeah. Gotta come so, out positive, Izzy. Ditch the jig, ditch the jigsaw, jigsaw, yeah, that, jigsaw, uh, jigsaw. It is awesome, but and we gotta talk <laughs> co-main too. Another and new Zhang Wei Li. Oh Listen, gosh, we kind of. Yeah. I think everybody kind of thought this was gonna play out the way it did. Credit to Carla Esparza for, you know, stepping in there and giving it a go. But Zhang Wei Li's another level, man. She's 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 next level. Um, and she looked even better than ever. Her grappling exchanges, she was even she was making mistakes on the ground and still dominating in every department of this fight. Yeah, there's some really weird exchanges on the ground. You know, um, you could tell she was really trying to go to that crucifix. And I tell you what, man, I Josh Hanger, you know, I I he was in her corner that she brought him in for her Brazilian jiu-jitsu training and uh He's a guy I got to roll with. When, like I said, when I was observing her practices, I didn't want to really divulge too much being around him, you know. But now that the fight's over, trained with Josh Hinger, and, and I watched the stuff that they work, man. And I will say this. He would be very proud of how that fight took place. While she did get herself in some bad positions, ultimately, it was her jujitsu that really shined in this fight. And she's just showing. I mean, when you look at Jean Wei Li as a complete package, she's phenomenal striking. Now she's got good wrestling. Now she's got great jujitsu. You look at how big she is. You look how physical she is. You look how athletic she is, how fast she is, how strong she is. Like really, she's, she's, she reminds me of Valentina Shevchenko, where it's just like they, 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 they have the same attributes. They have the same flawless game. Um, and it was just so impressive to see. Huh? I don't you may, you know, I don't know. I'd like to see them next to each other. Cause Jean Whaley looks significantly bigger than, than Carla Sparza, but you know, for Carla, uh, you know, there's only one way to win this fight. You got to get this fight to the floor. And the way she was catching the kicks and really trying to be very stubborn with the wrestling, you have to, when you have the the game that Carla has, that's the way you have to fight Jean Whaley. So she did what she could with what she had. But unfortunately, what she had just wasn't enough, man. And I don't know who's going to go in there and, and beat this girl. And we know Rose has done it twice, but I feel like if you. They, her and Rose fight again for a third time. Now we're starting to get into this this trifecta. Now we're getting in, stuck in this circle of the same contenders, and we've got a lot of good people coming up in this weight class. But you know, and I know we're going to get to that. But for Jean Wei Li, what what just a masterclass performance in, in her getting her belt back? That was just no, amazing. Let's get to that. That's yeah, let's that's do it. Perfect segue to to talk about that. I mean, there's not much else to say. She 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 was dominating that fight. She got the finish in that fight. She looked great. Um, she's got the belt back. We got to talk about what, what's next because you're right. We, we're we getting to the point with that division. It's the same with, with Izzy and all these contenders at middleweight. It's the same with some of the guys at lightweight. Like we've seen the same guys going in and fight so many times and they can't get past the champion. So now where do we go? And I think, you know, Amanda Lemos is an exciting fight to throw in there. She's been looking fantastic. She's a striker. She's got knockout power. I mean, I, I think that's a fun fight. Yeah, I think I think that's the fight to make. I mean, you could say you could throw Jessica Andrade in the mix, but you saw how Jessica did when she fought Jean Whaley the first time. You know, it did not bid her very well. Um, let's get some new blood going. I think you do a yeah. card where you have Lemos and Jean Whaley fight. I think you throw Yan Zhao Nan in there with Rose Namajunas for a number one contender fight because that would be a ton. That would be a really fun fight as well. But just in my mind, I don't know why I have this stuck in my head. It just clicked when we did the last roundup. Something about Yan Xiaonan and Zhang Wei Li in, in some type of main event down the road in China. Something about that just sounds awesome. I mean, what a fight. I mean, that would that would be huge. And it's a possibility, man. I mean, there's no reason why I would pick 
Amanda Lemos over Jean Weili, and I've worked a lot of Lemos's fights. I know what she's capable of. Tremendous power, huge for the weight class. But like I said, Jean Weili, she she might be the most complete fighter in the yeah. UFC. She's up there in, in in the ranks with Shevchenko. But yeah, I I think that we do Lemos Jean Weili for sure. I agree. So we figured that out. And for Carla, yeah. I think there's lots of fights. I mean, there's lots of contenders. Uh, just work down the rankings a little bit. And I, I have no doubt that there's a lot of people and a lot more wins in her future. Um, I just Absolutely. think that uh, I just think John Whaley was just too much on the night. And um, did, did you talk to Brian after the fight at all? Uh, not after I hung out with him quite a bit leading up to it, it was within Thursday night. And I mean, that her, her that whole team knew what they were in for. They knew that it was going to be an absolute tough fight to get through. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm not sure what he thinks is next for, for, um cookie monster herself yet but yeah um we got to talk fight oh. of the night Poirier <laughs> oh, Chandler oh my there god was blood people Chandler's <laughs> blowing his nose and the Poirier's mouth filled with blood fish hooks, fish hooks were blood. <laughs> it was it was absolute madness and I was right down right behind the commentator's booth for that one dude and, oh my gosh uh Theo Vaughn was right in front of us and he's asking me oh, I saw you on. I actually did notice you at some point in the night I did notice you in the same vicinity as uh Theo Vaughn I saw you down there yeah. Polly I did it was great it was great at one point me and Anthony are sitting next to Vaughn and we're sitting on my other side is Jared Leto um and we're just shooting dude these New York crowds are the best right and these these celebrities, they love them some freaking fist fighting, man. It's Absolutely. so funny to be down there and just see the yeah. star-studded arena. But they're looking at these guys and girls. They're the stars that night, man. The UFC, Absolutely. people realize how tough this damn sport is now. And uh, it's fun to be down there on the floor as a commentator, kind of rubbing elbows with some celebrities like that. But this fight was everything, everything we thought it was going to be. I think it even exceeded that, to be honest with you. Oh, somehow, some way, it did. I did not think it's like even Dana said it in the post fight press conference. We should have cut the check before the fight. We should have cut the check after weigh-ins that this was going to be fight of the night. Uh, You know, and I love the one thing I love about this. Once the fight got over, I love the honesty of Dustin Poirier, where he's just like, "Dude, if this guy would have thrown, he had me on the ropes. Yeah, he got me out of there. If he would have hit me with a straight shot, he would have put me out." I'm like, you gotta love the honest, the honesty from Dustin Poirier. But I mean. Look, it was, you know, we did hit the nail on the head with a few things where that that first round rush from Michael Chandler, man, it's easier said than done when you talk about like, hey, you just got to walk through the fire for a few minutes yeah, go ahead. and then you're going to get in the driver's seat. Look, they both had their moments in round one. I thought Chandler took the round, but then in round two, he really got me worried with the wrestling. Something he we did, haven't really seen from Michael Chandler. He said he was going to do The wrestling the we saw him use against uh, Justin Gaethje was negated with a really nice funk roll. Uh, from the human highlight reel, Justin Gaethje. But in this fight, took him down, trapped his wrist, really got into those wrestling-style rides. Uh, and, and he just, he had Poirier stuck. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this might be two love for Chandler. Could be 1-1, but I'm leaning it's 2-0. And then this is what Dustin does. I mean, Dustin, he he truly is. And he even said it himself, like, three-round fights scare me. He's like, I love a five-round fight. I'm a five-round fighter. Gives me more room to work. If when I get into the the fourth and fifth rounds, I could be accurate. That's when I really get into you know my range down, my timing. And in third in the third round, he knew. I mean, I I haven't seen the scorecards. I'm sure we could go on the internet and find them, but he knew he's got to go out there and get the finish. What the the whole sequence is so beautiful. Chandler makes the biggest mistake in wrestling, Paul. The biggest mistake when you're in on a double, okay? And you're here or you're on a high crotch here, which is the same head position. Your head's on the outside. When you take a guy over, you look over their back when you're taking him down. So he's in on this high crotch, his head's on the outside. And instead of taking him over his back, he tries to crack him down over his head. And what does Poirier do, right? When he hits a hip, takes the corner, takes the back, sinks in the rear naked choke. And I bet you Michael Chandler's going home thinking, God dang it, I learned that when I was five years old. You don't take guys over your head. You take them over their back. Yep. Oh, but look, what a, what a crazy ending to a crazy fight crazy kind of controversy with the fish hooks and the bloody boogers, you know, Chandler and, and Luke Rockhold have the same manager. So I don't know if that's, I don't think Dave Martin's telling him to do that, but you know, I, know. I just think that it's funny that the booger, the guys shooting the, the bloody snot rockets are like affiliated somehow. It's weird. Yeah. It's uh, a whole lot of grossness is what it is, but 
uh, it's fighting, right? It's a nitty gritty, tough, crazy sport. And that fight was um, the prime example of all of that. And I got yeah. to talk to Dustin. He came up on the desk and he was doing doing his thing with Teddy Atlas and and uh, our host. And I was like, bro, you're my favorite fighter. <laughs> I, I think I can say that now. I, I mean, I, I, you know, I change my mind depending on who's fight, but there, if there's a fighter that I absolutely do not miss, no matter where he is in the card, no matter who he's fighting, it, it's Dustin Poirier. Uh, I never got to fight him a, as a fighter. So I've always just been a, a fan and an admirer of his toughness, his honesty, like you talked about and just his skills. I'd love to see him have that belt someday. Um, so we'll see. He said he would like to, so we can talk maybe what's next for these guys real fast. Um, oh, am I losing connection here with this stupid app here? No. <laughs> you know, and I Sorry, was going to say, Paul, one thing when you, when you're talking about favorite fighters and, and guys to root for, uh, you know, I, I'm in the same boat as you when it comes to Dustin Poirier. It's not just, it's the, it's the style, his body of work, who he's beat. He's beaten so many former champions, the the super fights with Connor, things of that sort. But it's also his body of work outside the octagon. I mean, that, that's what makes it really easy for me to root for a guy like Dustin Poirier, doing everything he can to help his community. Um, God, we got to get just, Dustin on the show. That's who yeah, we got to get. We got to get Dustin. Easy, and, easy, I, and I love listening to him talk. I yeah. he just he says good things. He's an insightful guy. Easy guy to root for, Paul. Uh, you know, I'm in the same boat as you as that one. He's definitely, he, he is one of my Dustin, all-time when you retire, we got to get you a job. We got to get you a job as an analyst. I'd love to he's, work. I don't even know if he'd take it. He has so much stuff going on with the hot sauce. I think he's when busy. he's done he's with fighting, I think he's going to be off riding off in the sunset in Lafayette, Louisiana with his family. You know, yeah. he's going to do Justin, are there any, are there any openings with any of the companies you're working with? I, I'll, yeah. I'll, you need I'll a hot apply. sauce ambassador. I'll I don't apply. do hot food well, <laughs> but I, I could slang that sauce, baby. You yeah. know, but when it comes to what's next for Dustin, uh, he said it himself. I mean, and he's, he hit the nail on the head, him and Benil. And I liked that He, I liked it. Dustin's mindset where it's like, for a guy like in his position, he could demand title fights. He just had a fight where he could, if he wanted to, he could sit down and demand a title fight. And I think a lot of people would kind of like, you know, not everybody would be sold on it, but not everybody would be against it. But I like how he's like, hey, if the timeline's right, me and Benil Darius, that guy's earned his stripes. That'd be a great fight. And he welcomed it. And I'm like, there you go. That's a great fight. I think that's a fight. It's, I feel Benil deserves a title fight. But you know what? With Volk and Islam being announced, this is the next, next best, best thing. thing that for Benil, you jump on the opportunity to fight a guy like Dustin Poirier because you beat him. Undoubtedly, you are the next guy. And for yeah. Dustin, he could say, Hey, well, I just plucked off the guy with the longest win streak in the weight class right now, uh, or not the longest, but one of the best. Well, I mean, minus, in the, weight class minus right the champion, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, minus yeah, and for, for, and for Chandler, I, I do like him and Connor. I, I do. I think. I mean. I think it's a fight that does number. Chandler is. If Connor wants that. I mean, that's a tough fight for Connor. I mean, that's a dude, tough fight. Yeah, for haven't anybody. fought in a while. And pounds, dude. It doesn't matter who you are. Chandler's gonna. Chandler's gonna a, make. He's a fight. problem. Yeah. yeah, he's a problem. And and I think that for Connor. And listen, this is not a sit here and talk trash session. No, a fight to come all. back. You've been out for a long time, but. He, he's a maniac, man, and yeah. he does what he wants. And if there's something that he sees there that he thinks it could be an exciting fight for him to get, it's a, it's a, the, the ball's in Connor's court for sure if he yeah. wants that Chandler fight. Because Michael has made it abundantly clear yeah. that that's what he wants, right? I mean, he, he yeah. knows that that's – he's further down the line for that title again. Yeah, Michael's exciting. Everyone wants to see him fight. So why not just lean into that? Make yeah. your money that way, right? I mean, why do we all want the belt? Well, you want to be the best and you want all the money and the accolades that come with it. Well, if that's out of reach for a while, the next best thing is fighting Connor. Yeah, absolutely. What, what do you think, Sex for Dustin? Do you think that's Benil too? You think that's the fight? Yeah, and I like that he was honest and he's like, look, I just got, I don't know right now. You know, I got to, he's like, I got to go look at the rankings again. I'm not even really sure who's up there, but he did mention Benil. And I think if Benil wants that fight, which, Benil wants anybody. He doesn't care as long as it's going to put him in a position to get a win and potentially get that title fight. I don't know Absolutely. when it would happen, but I, I I like it. I like all of it. Yeah, I think so too. Anyway, let's uh, reach questions. questions. Fan questions. Yeah. We got a lot of them right. today. 
Let's jump right in. We got some good ones here. If you're Frankie's family, how far away do you keep him from other combat sport endeavors? First thing that comes to mind is bare knuckle fight championships. Wanting to pick up Frankie for a Mendez fight. I'll take the lead on that one, Paul. Um, no, it's absolutely not. I mean, you got to look at the last three fights for Frankie. Three brutal KOs. Uh, and I, I don't even like... I, that's just the reality, and I don't even like saying it because I'm such a Frankie Edgar fan. I don't want to sound disrespectful to the guy because he is he is truly one of my all-time faves. Um, but you can, he, I, I don't even think his family would let him. I for me, look, I'm all about fighters going and getting a paycheck. You know, bare knuckle. I you know, apparently these guys are getting paid over there, but it's not something I'm into. I don't like the bare knuckle. I'm surprisingly, Paul. I'm a little bit squeamish. I don't like that that style of fighting particularly. I, I don't watch it. Yeah, I don't watch it's, it. It's much. too hard for me. And to see a guy like Frankie, he doesn't need that. He no. me, he doesn't need to go there. He's won the title. He's uh, you know he's doing good. He doesn't need to go over there. I I, I just I think he's done enough. He's done enough. He, there's nothing to prove. He and I he love is, what Joe said to him. Where dude, you're you're that kind of guy, where you work your ass off, right? It's yeah. it's abundantly clear that you're just you're you're a G you, you work for what you get. You're a working class guy from New Jersey. It's always how you've handled yourself. You can do whatever you want now. Like you've just got to accept that it, it's that time. And, and bro, it, it it's not easy. I thought, I, you know, when you retire, I, I was so over it for the longest time. Like I don't need it. I'm done, but it creeps its way into your damn head. Just yeah. a couple weeks ago. Yeah. You're back on fight, that kick. Even after the hooker fight, I couldn't help myself. I texted Butler and I was like, Australia? He said he'll fight anybody <laughs> who's walking. And then he's like, Felder, get, get to eight days straight of MMA training before you start reaching out to me again. Asking Just don't, like, don't spar with freaking Joe Piper. I know. I do. He barely it out of there. Anyway. But Use the same partners you used for the hooker fight and then maybe you'll rethink it. Yeah. Well, I, I still don't think that's happening. But for Frankie, he's got to. He's just got to start swim biking and running with me, man. Get that competitive <laughs> spirit out, Frankie. Come on, come on, yeah. buddy. Yeah, I agree with you there. Right, Frankie's done enough, man. Hit. You don't. You know what? That was sad to see him go like that, dude. That was tough. Uh, I, that, I that was tough. It. You know, but it's not. He his body of work, man. And I, I know I keep using that phrase, body of work, in this show. But uh, you know, you just look at what he's done. Not I even just winning the title, being undersized for the weight class, the work ethic, the stories of him in the training room. I mean, you don't need to do no any more of that retirement fights. If yeah. you're like, hey, this is my last fight, you should that, then you should not. That that's Once it. You, you yeah. have, that last the one before that one is your last fight. And to uh, Joanna, yeah. who's saying the same shit. Yeah. Nope. No, nope. it hasn't been nope. anybody very nope. good. You know, like look at Alexander Gustafson. He's retired a few times, and every time he's came back, hasn't been good. And I think that when you put it out there verbally, I think it's like fighters. I, you know, fighters think about it goes through your head at a certain point in your age. It, things go on in your head, but it's when you vocalize and you verbalize it and you made it be known, yeah. Then it really starts to become a reality, you know. So yeah. it's like it's once guys start speaking about it and going back and forth on it. Yep. Just stay. It doesn't get good when you stick around. Like it's like especially where we're fighting. We're fighting the best guys in the world. And if you're calling Sean Shelby, like, hey, man, this is going to be my last one. Like, I I'd like a retirement fight. Like, well, oh, cool. yeah, here's Chris, Chris Gutierrez. Gutierrez. <laughs> Thanks. Like, there's no such thing as, like, you don't get a gold watch in a in a gift-wrapped matchup. You still yeah. got to fight the best guys in the world. <laughs> oh, you get concussions. You get concussions. Yeah. Right? Um, you get another scar and another lump on the head. Jeez. Anyway, we love this sport, yeah. believe it or not. Um, yeah. We're, we're <laughs> sick <question>. mother effers. <laughs> um, feel for Dom Reyes. So talented, but on an extreme rough one. Can you guys pull some strings and get him only easy fights for the next couple? I'm not 205, but willing to fatten up and get knocked out. Listen, my goodness. It's amazing how you can be basically, you know, a bad decision away from becoming the UFC light heavyweight champion to being knocked out this many times in a row and to just not God. even be uh, even super competitive in these fights, changing camps. It seems like he's trying to do all the things that you're supposed to do to get back on track. And, you know, credit to, to, 
Dominic Reyes, though, I saw his, his post and he's, he's not giving up. He's not giving up. Um, but I mean, where do you go? What do you do? Um, and guys, tough, dude. to that question though, to that question, again, there are no, there are no easy fights. Span is not a world champion. What's Span even ranked? If there, if you were to consider one, like a, Okay, here's something that's a little more leveling the playing field. That was it. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. He's got to step outside the rankings. I mean, that's for sure. I mean, you got to get outside the rankings. It's, it's, he was 12, I'm told, 12. But that's, but for a guy that was almost world champ, getting the 12th guy, that is them saying, all right, let's, let's pull you out of the top 10. But man, when you almost beat John Jones, it's not like they're going to give you the guy that just made his debut in the UFC. No. It's now, but now if you stick around and the UFC keeps you, that is you're right, Michael. That I mean, that is the next step. I think they'll keep him around, Paul. Um, you know, and for him, I didn't. I was unsure of his resume going into the John Jones fight. I mean, the guys he fought before he knocked out Chris Weidman, I, I was like, yeah. I, you know, I honestly thought Chris was going to handle him pretty easy. And then he knocks out Weidman. Then he has this fight with John Jones. And I'm like, holy crap, I'm really eating my tough fight. But it's the fight with Yuri. That fight with Yuri was – that's a tough one to come back from, man. That's the one that's like – you want to talk about the ghost that lingers, you know, when you're talking about Israel versus Alex – it's the same can be said about his fight with Yuri Prochaska because that was as violent and as brutally KO'd as one could possibly get. And, and, and I don't, I don't disagree with him training other places and trying to look for other answers elsewhere. Cause I think back home, you know, he's kind of had his, like, he was the team captain. He was kind of running the show, but it worked for him. And he was doing his own thing in the Jones camp, you know? So I don't know. It's, Go back to base. Go back to go back to home base. Go back to square one. I think that he needs to sit down, put pen to paper, and write down like, what was I doing and where was I at headed into that John Jones fight? What were the pros and cons? And now look at my last three fights. Where am I at? What have I been doing different? What are the pros and cons of that? He's really start to figure it out because he's a young guy. He's got a lot of time left, and and we've seen guys come bounce back from from skids of taking damage. Like look at Andre Arlovsky. There's a point in time where he got put out consecutively a bunch, and now look at him. Yeah, start to kind of figure it out. So I think if if Dom Reyes can do that, uh, I could see him come getting back into winning some fights. I hope he does, man. I hope he does because I agree with that person that it's rough to see that right when you know yeah, that somebody's clearly got some damn good skills, but just is is just missing and rushing. Tremendous athlete. Yeah. He always talks about his athleticism. I'm an athlete. I'm a professional yeah. athlete. We know. Well, yeah. <laughs> Professional athletes get knocked out sometimes. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Next question. Hey. How beneficial do you think it is for fighters to learn English in the UFC? I feel like Moicano UFC just a skyrocket his stock with killer performance and killer post-fight interview. I don't um, know if we could have him on the show. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, we we'd have to uh, we'd have to have the uh, bleep the bleep get banned. To go at all at all get time. banned from YouTube. <laughs> but that was great. You know, he's he's a maniac, and he finally got to show that side of himself. You could tell that he's an excitable guy, and that's how Moicano is. You know, he was even calling. He's always been calling people out. It's just now he's getting some recognition for it. Um, and he got to be in there with Joe Rogan, and obviously he's a huge Joe Rogan fan watching the podcast. And, uh it was great and what if we need him to watch roundup so next time you do a post fight and you go, i watch ufc i know that's what every I, week that, right? well, Mother ever. i don't get that when i'm in when i'm in there interviewing these people these people aren't ever excited to see me like they are to joe rogan it's, it's almost like he's like got the most successful podcast in the world or something yeah maybe oh, that's i thought funny. it was us yeah yeah <laughs> uh, but yeah i mean i think learning english now listen i want to tread lightly when i say this because i don't think anybody you don't have to do that, right? This is a, a worldwide company and I don't speak any other languages. So I, I, I'm not saying that you should do it because you need to learn American and speak English. I'm just saying it's the only reason it's beneficial is because if you want to cut promos like that and you want this company to back you, it seems to help guys. It seems to help to be able to speak 
English and be able to communicate post-fight interviews with the bigger audiences. Um, it's just, it's just going to help your brand. Uh, you know, it's just the way the cookie crumbles. It's the way the world works right now. Yeah. You know, and I think that when you talk like about America. kind of promos, like it's like the accent really like the things Habib said, it's like, if, if I was to say like, Hey, Paul, send me your location. You would be like, nobody would pick up on that. But it's like the way he says it, send location, you know, like, or I'm going to smash you. Like the accent, it's like, it it really helps you. It really does. It creates some small little phrases and things of that sort. And, and it's good. It's like, even when uh, there's been fights, I'm pretty sure I want to say it was a Jean Lee fight. I don't know if it was this last one with Carla or one in the past, but like, when these fighters that are just known for not being able to speak English do their post-fight interviews with the translator, and then at the end, all of a sudden, they say the little bit of English they have, the fans go nuts, and they're like, yeah. hey, I love you, New York. They're like, oh, my God. You know, like, yeah. it's, it's huge. It's, it's, it's great. You know, it, it's something that uh, – it's smart. I think, a lot of, I, think, I think a lot of managers nowadays are advising their fighters like, hey, man, it, it's, it's a pain in the butt, but it's going to make you more money. You know, right. so if it's going to make you more money, then it's going to make more sense. You know, if they tell me that if I learn Spanish or Italian or something like, hey, if you learn this language, Mike, like we can get you more opportunities, which I, that would probably work for both of us. But if somebody literally said that to me, I'd probably pursue it. So but it's yeah. good for it's good for it's good for promotional purposes for sure. Yeah, I agree. For sure. So go speak it English. Um, <laughs> can we put a hard limit on three Minari role attempts per fight before technical stoppage? Um, my cringers got cringed off during the Dan Hooker fight. Um, man, am I completely in agreement with this nonsense? Yeah. Uh, Claudio, that was bad, bro. You're better than that, man. Yeah, he is better I than saw, I saw. Um, um, what's his name? Henry Hooft get up off of the stool to go into the corner in between rounds. Yeah, look his sweet effing time because you could tell that he was mad at his pupil like you have to try to do something other than scoot your ass towards him right now i think that it would have been completely justified now listen if you're a stud jujitsu guy you're a phenomenal grappler that's great you have to find a way to actively get the fight there though if you're going to do the rolls you got to roll and grab something you can't just start butt scooting he, he he could have justifiably taken a point from him for stalling. Yeah, he was avoiding he was avoiding the fight. I mean, it essentially got to a point where he was he was. You can get docked a point for not engaging if you are not engaging in the fight, which doesn't mean you got to go run head on. But look, you got to face your opponents. You got to create some type of offense. You can't you can't avoid engagements. And um, you know, I I actually had Claudio picked in this fight. It was a tough pick, but I just thought this is a young guy. You know, him training down at Killcliffe MMA, training under Greg Jones, who's three-time national champion from West Virginia. You want to talk wrestling, you talk Greg Jones. Uh, tremendous striking from Hooft. I mean, you see the guys that come from that gym. They're complete. I did not see a complete fighter on Saturday night. I saw a guy, A, that looked so lost in there. I mean, I, I was so surprised. I think it was the moment that might have got to him opening the main card, you're fighting a stud like Dan Hooker. And maybe when you're studying on film, like we said before the show, Paul, like this is, you're thinking this is a guy that's on a streak. I'm going to get through this guy. And then he stands in front of you and you see the, how game he is. And, and how Dan looked good. Dan looked, Dan looked good. Looked Dan's savvy. Good. Dan's a vet. He's looked dang good. And it's just like, I think he just really caved in on himself. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, if I was a coach, I would be very disappointed because I guarantee you, uh, unless Eddie Bravo's in your corner, I don't think all those Imanari roles are really in the game plan. And yeah, that's no, that I'm not trying to take a shot at Eddie Bravo. But I just thought it'd be funny because I'm thinking, you remember the uh, Ferguson Gate you fight? Like, hey, go for the Imanari role. Yeah. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. Right? That's like, that should not be a first line of, in the first one, the first one, let me say this the first one, good on him. It worked. He got him down. He got in the leg entanglement. He got a couple of nice attacks going. But, Paul, it's the sweatier you get, the less likely of a move that is going to be. Yeah. Like, you got to go. That should not be plan A. That's just no. wrestling. Plan C. Look at Damian Maya. Look at Ronnie Yaya, guys that are primarily grapplers. They shoot. They shoot. Yeah. They know how to wrestle. They get to the leg. They get you down. Like, 
that was bad. Yeah, you gotta you gotta gotta work that wrestling game. But hopefully yeah. he'll come back stronger. We don't mean to rag on you, buddy. Uh, I don't want to grapple you. I mean, yeah, it's straight up. I'd have done the same thing Dan Herger's doing. I'm trying to kick your body into another dimension. Um, oh God, I was at home and I saw that Paul. I know that feeling. You know, Tucker, he's just sneaking that big toe in. It's not even the foot. He's got a he's wicked just, fun kick too, man. He's, oh he yeah, I know. Oh, he dug a few knows, in. It's you. He, yeah, he yeah, dug he, he dug a few in to me. Um, he might still have <laughs> some toe prints there from New Zealand years ago. Um, yeah. Next, do we have any more? Ah, uh, yes, Spencer <laughs> Dean, uh, the head of my HOA, Spencer Dean. This is actually a neighbor of mine. Should we publicly flog people who don't completely stop at stop signs? I think Listen, you need to enlighten me, Paul. Enlighten me as to township. Who- there's some this is like an inside joke for anybody that doesn't know where i live which good i don't want anybody to know exactly where i live but some of you do there's a stop sign by my house there's lots of children around uh if you've ever seen if you ever watched modern family claire dunphy there's an episode where she wants a stop sign put in and she gets the paper she goes to the petition she's at the city council that's how i feel me and christine we stand outside and i, I sometimes i'll curse at my damn neighbors who come flying down the street it's like you have children on this block too i'm walking dogs where oh i have kids gosh. running around there's kids on bikes there's kids on skateboards and roller skates i'm ready to fight for it i'm ready to fight for it so yes i think we should uh publicly flog people who don't completely stop at that stop sign i'm not saying you can't cruise through some when there's no children around I'm a, I'm a, uh, you know, I'm guilty of the same thing, but there's certain ones where you can see that it's a neighborhood and it's small and it's anyway, you gotta be mindful. There's, I roll through the, there's a stop sign by my house. I always roll through cause it's a T it's not a four way. And it's like, you know, I live out in the freaking sticks, so yeah. I don't really gotta exactly. worry about traffic. I gotta worry about a deer or like, yeah, an you're, you're more worried about animals running across your, yeah, your you know, and I drive a big diesel truck, so screw them. I'll just run them over, but I'm just going to start, yeah. I'm going to start throwing dog poop at those cars. So I'm going to have to stock <laughs> of fascist dog crap. And that's, you a, see to get a rumble strip, just get a rumble yeah, strip. Or a it's just like yeah. a spike or a spike strip, not a rumble strip, a spike strip. Yeah. Anyway, we got time for one more. Let's see what it is. Should be about sandwiches. Oh. oh, it's about sandwiches. Ever had Quiznos? What? Yeah. You know, we are a podcast of gentlemen. <laughs> gentlemen, Psychiesa. And we know who you are, Psychiesa. <laughs> Michael already told us who you are. So next time yeah, you're going to get your the ass world, I, I had to do. I had to do heavy investigating. I really had to go full, like, uh, Sherlock Holmes to figure Serpico? out who Psychiesa is. It's not me, by the way, but I do know who it is. But I will say this about Quiznos. A, Psychiesa, I'm not going to use your real name, so I'll keep your identity hidden. But Quiznos French Dip, I don't I don't even know if that exists. I'm going to the airport today to fly to Vegas, so maybe I'll see if it's there. But I don't believe it's there. Now, while the thought of a Quiznos French Dip really does get under my skin, I do have to say this, Paul. We don't have – there's only one Quiznos in Spokane, and it's in Spokane Airport. And while I do like to go more away from the franchise brands when it comes to my sandwiches, uh, Quiznos does have a decent uh, – they got the one like Angus beef sandwich it's with the Parmesan rosemary bread. It's not half bad. I might like one and three trips to Spokane Airport, I usually get one because I never have Quiznos. I used to have it all the time as a kid. I used to skateboard outside of Quiznos in Liberty Lake. Yeah. And, uh, so I got a soft spot for Quiznos. But a French dip from Quiznos, right now, bro. preposterous. If I'm, getting a Quiz, if I'm getting a French dip, I'm going to go somewhere like the Elk or somewhere like in Spokane. I will say that just recently, I obviously took the, I took the train to New York to work the show because obviously I didn't feel like driving. So I went to 30th yeah. Street Station and Philly to Penn Station. And I forget the name of the little – I'm sure it's a chain, but it's got yeah. like French type of sandwiches. So – I got this one. It was actual like ham, like cooked, like oh, sliced real ham on a like baguette. Hamloin. Oh, oh, dude. I love when you do on like, if you have like an Easter ham and then you have yes, like, it was like that. Ham sand, when you have the ham sandwiches oh. and the, the scalp potatoes with ham after. Oh, dude, I love I'm ham. Hungry. I love real I'm hungry, ham. Paul. My stomach's turning. I'm hungry now. Turning. Yeah. Guys. I, Spivak, Lewis, coming this Saturday. Me and Michael Kies will be out there in Vegas working this weekend. Sushi? Well, no. I, well, okay. I'm actually – Oh, you're I'm not, not working the You're desk, not working. Well, you're working. But, 
I I will be working Brady Houston's corner. You're uh, young up and comer on our the gym. TV side. Tough 29 finalist, dude. He made the tough 29 finals with a torn ACL. He's finally getting his UFC debut with a full yes. bill of health against Tony Garcia. It's going to be fireworks. So make sure you guys tune in and watch these new, uh, the new, the new era of guys coming up from the mean streets of Spokane, Washington. And 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 not only your your mean streets of Spokane, but there's just lots of I would say I don't want to say this in any sort of derogatory way, but it's a very there's not a lot of known star power on the card this weekend. But let me warn all the fans that it does not mean you don't tune in. These are the future, or these are just people you haven't heard of yet that are going to put on stellar performances. It's these cards that are coming up on Saturday. Lewis for Spivak. Obviously, we got Lewis on the card. So, right, star power. That's all we need. We got Black Beast yeah. on there. It's covered. But, dude, these are the fight nights that end up being just like finished, crazy, bloody battles back and forth. So, fingers crossed that's what we get on Saturday. Um, but, I, I mean, I don't know if anything can live up to what we just had on UFC. Most most first-round KOs in UFC history, right? Some uh, type of statistics tied. like that. I think the oh, first round. I don't know. But I know for finishes, right, 11, Ricci? 11, I think it was tied for two other pay-per-views for the most Jeez. finishes. That is crazy. 11, 11, 11, I think. Is it? There's three fights. 11, 11, 11. Well, three fights that have 11 pay-per-views. Anyway, guys, this is UFC Roundup. This is a wrap. Tune in this weekend. Lewis Spivak. Uh, Michael will be cornering. I will be on the call, I believe, with Brendan and Bisbing. Um, haven't worked with that trio in a while, so we'll be back. And, uh, and then we'll be back. For UFC 282, when that comes rolling around in the grand finale, the two that'll be like the that'll be our two year anniversary of Roundup. Yeah, I mean, we get to that. Really? We've done we've done like two full years of pay per views. Once when we are they get gonna through start paying? <laughs> you know? We need a commercial. We need Poirier's hot sauce to sponsor yeah. Roundup. Get a nice Roundup. Get a Poirier's hot sauce commercial in the beginning. Boom. Yeah, that's the, and it's us. The, We're in the commercial using the hot sauce on sandwiches. On sandwiches. It Dustin Poirier, I hope you see this. We want you on as a guest, and we want to yes. be another official sponsored show for your hot sauce, baby. We'll wear the hats. We'll do whatever you want, Dustin. We'll do whatever, dude. I'll eat the sauce. And I don't we'll even call do the, good with spicy We want to make an off-brand, another yeah. brand of hot sauce, right? Maybe something a little more mild <laughs> called fish oil. There you go. I like that. Fish oil. There we go. Anyway. Peace out, everybody. Enjoy the fights this weekend.